Orb presents All This and Gargantua 2, Part 1. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. This is Gwen Static. And welcome to the Space Party. The, the culmination of much of the Venger Brothers. Yeah, uh, where a bunch of stuff collides and then burns so new life can grow. Yeah. And if you're listening to this, uh, you are familiar with Gwen, even if you don't think you are, <laughs> even if you missed those previous episodes, because Gwen, she did our fabulous theme song. Yep, that's me. Uh, it's, it still sounds pretty good. I've heard it like 70 times because of the number of episodes <laughs> of Orb that are out there. And uh, I'm, I'm not mad at it, so I must have done something right. Gets better every time I hear it. I was trying to do the Beetlejuice voice mm. uh, for that. Yeah. That, uh, that pedophilic demon <laughs> uh, that we're all charmed by. To tor- tormenting um, that poor couple. <laughs> Yeah, tormenting the various couples. Uh, Gwen, you expressed interest uh, relatively early on in being on the uh, the All This in Our Gargantua 2 episode. Would you like to speak to why? Absolutely. On top of this just being one of the most fun episodes of the show for me personally, I just love that this is what feels like the proper finale for the first three seasons, really, but also four and five like four to five is like act two and everything past this feels firmly like a new act of the serialized story. That is the venture family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we decided to split this into two, uh, you know, very specifically because so many things climax. Yeah. Here. Like it, it is the most plot important thing in the show to be kind of hidden <laughs> because, yeah. you know, you can, <laughs> theoretically like for a while, this was not, on streaming services with either season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did not air with the other seasons and everything. There's a very important coda that was a web exclusive. <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't aware of until you said, you sent me a text message saying like, Hey, you need to look this thing up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's pretty wild. It's a real <laughs> foot shooting jamboree <laughs> yeah. uh, with this. It's the most plot important special feature there's ever been. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and it, it it I agree with you. It is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh it's it's not, you know, thousands of laughs from it. It's like it's funny, but it's not the funniest episode of the show. But it's so interesting. Yeah. It, like it's, it's the funniest it ever gets, you know, doing the pulp superhero sci-fi yeah. shit. The action spy stuff is great. Yeah. Like, you know, some of the jokes are there, some of the jokes are not as there, but it's really like compelling. Uh <laughs> It's a really arresting little spy show. Yeah, it's it, it is a super propulsive episode of the show. It feels uh, uh, like it, it is the most cinematic uh, the show mm-hmm. has ever been to me. Yeah, and has everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, basically everybody's in the show. And doing the background information, we'll talk about this stuff. There are plans to have even more everybody. There were. You they know? were going to have Molotov yeah. in. Yeah, give her something to do. Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, they just decide not to, you know. Um, yeah, a lot of uh, it's it's a really cool episode yeah. of the show. It's really good, and it sets up an era I really love. Like I like I love the New York era of the yeah. Venture Brothers. It's not my favorite, but like season six, I think is really strong and felt very fresh at the time. And when I rewatched it, yeah, I'm real excited to uh, to get back around to it here because I enjoyed it uh, when I saw it for the first time here recently. Before you know, by recently I mean back before we started the show, basically. Yeah. A year ago or whatever. Yeah, know, this is about when when you talk to a lot of people who are more casual fans of the Venture Brothers, I feel like this is about where people just forget that the Venture Brothers existed. So yeah. I feel like a lot of people haven't seen the movie, basically. One hundred percent. I mean, we ran into that um with season five, you know, not really having uh like we reached out to some repeat guest and you know, uh, some people were just literally like, yeah, I don't have any season five episodes. I really have any attachment to, or I didn't watch that far. Yeah. You know, the, the venture brothers, uh, really got, I think that like, you know, I maintain this is one of the best 
cartoons mm-hmm. you know that's ever been done like i love this show it really got hurt by its shitty scheduling stuff yeah oh yeah like boy what a what a different world we would live in if this came out like clockwork <laughs> you know um, and, and i think like specifically on adult swim which I, I don't know the way that i engaged with it was like i had my adult swim phase which was like for you know four or so years but you know between like high school and college and then i just kind of mm-hmm. dropped off of it as i want, fell away from watching tv for a bit like adult swim kind of has these eras and people who you know would just casually watch in one era would say oh what is this squidbillies bullshit i don't want to watch this and therefore would like maybe not encounter a wild season five um uh, you know a wild season five ventures or season six venture brothers you know in the wild right 100 percent. like somebody you know was like hey you catch the new 12 ounce mouse and i'm like what the fuck you say to me i love that all all (laughs) all of our all of our references for like oh this old shit they're all still 14 years old (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah. Every, there are there are people who for for you know I had uh, the Aqua Teen Hunger Force and uh, C Lab and they have Assy McGee. Yeah, you know it's weird. Like, I don't it, think it anyone is... actually remembers Assy McGee. Like yeah. I think <laughs> the only people who remember it are the people who are mad that they made a show called Assy McGee. <laughs> it's a pretty frustrating show. It's a pretty annoying program. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's it just, it just I think you're I think you're right on Cole that there are eras yeah. of Adult Swim and Venture Brothers has been on through all of them mm-hmm. just intermittently. Yeah. You know, it's like when you get a pizza, like a mozzarella, you get, you know, fresh mozzarella on a pizza and there's like two ice cream scoops of mozzarella <laughs> at like the seven o'clock and the, the 11 o'clock. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I say this as a as a pretty big Adult Swim fan. I don't think they have any show that requires as much active viewing engagement as the Venture Brothers does. Absolutely no. not. Yeah. Yeah. Like this this was and this was also their the first like really yeah. serialized the, thing they did. Like there's little little nods of continuity in like the Brack show and stuff, but just yeah. barely. Um this this is a serialized program, so it really got hurt by that, and just and that you know that's been true the entire series. But the reason why I'm bringing it up now with this episode is because this is an incredibly important episode that I feel like a lot of people use it as a jumping off point. Yeah, um, and even cause internal strife within the network of people being like, no, 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 this is too insider baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, idiots. Like nobody can just like watch this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's like you would you would feel so lost and there's a certain kind of I mean, i've said this before there's a certain kind of viewer who would be uh intrigued by that you know mm-hmm. um and probably many many more people who would feel alienated and say uh I, this probably isn't worth it this hill is too big for me to climb uh, a really fascinating part of that too is that it is uh it parallels the source material like that is a, a known problem in comics Mm-hmm. and any kind of pulp fiction like that's why that's how you get ultimate universes and crises yeah is because people can't jump on because it's all so insider baseball yeah and this ended up emulating that part of their their source material as well <laughs> yeah i was i was definitely thinking of this episode as like kind of how comic book annuals used to work yeah where, yeah, yeah where it's like this big budget show of force but if you weren't reading the ongoing, it probably doesn't make a shit ton of sense. Yeah. yeah. And then, well, then they all, then they had that, like in Marvel, at least that editorial mandate to stop doing that. So you ended up getting things like the Kings of pain crossover and, and, and scattershot and stuff. Like they started doing their own little individual stories that were just in annuals that required tons of background, but did not advance the plot. Um, do they still do they, do they still do that thing where some uh, panels will have like an asterisk and it's and there'll be like a little box that says re- yeah like like uh, you know reference you know X Force four hundred and sixty two only, only if they're being cheeky at this point there's yeah, a, gotcha. uh, a usually like if there's an event there's usually like a reading list in the back that kind of tells you what issues you should be reading if you want to see the whole story or whatever the hell okay but um, yeah if they did that. Because basically, once Bendis entered the fold and Marvel <laughs> switched over to writing for the trade, mm-hmm. it would have become so convoluted to keep that up. Yeah, yeah. We should. We gotta have you on Days of Future Cast, Gwen. I don't know why we haven't done that. Uh, we'll we'll find some comic that you're interested Ch- in. 
Jeremy hates me. That's not true. I I just I I sometimes I I feel bad about this, but I forget you're you're a, you're a comics gal. So, uh, um, so this originally aired. Uh, this is written by both the boys. Uh, originally aired January nineteenth, twenty fifteen. Um, we're covering it in two parts. It came out as one big forty five minute movie for them, mm-hmm. and it is uh, all the kind of plot lines of season five and many of them from beforehand converging into uh, the Gargantua two space station. It's grand opening um, and ends up being this reboot for the series in general, closing tons and tons of threads. Yeah. Uh, Real quick on this episode's length. um, I, Mm -hmm. as I was catching up on this, I also, I didn't do as thorough of a catch up as I've done in my past appearances. I like watched a few bits of season five and skipped to Gargantua. I completely forgot that how to clean, how, what color is your clean suit? is the ex- basically the exact same length as this episode. And yeah. it feels like maybe a third as dense. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, clean clean suit is real silly. Yeah. You know? It's it's like there's a plot and it's good, uh, you know, but it's also just full of Soylent Green parodies and stuff. It's, In it's my not mind. A, yeah, not about moving things around the same yeah. way. Yeah. In my mind, that episode collapses down to 22 minutes, and this episode expands out to about an hour 30. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, absolutely. But that I, I I agree. I have a similar uh a similar kind of uh relationship to that. In fact, when I sat down to do prep for clean suit and I saw the runtime, I was like, what the fuck? I, I was it, like, yeah. It, yeah. It doesn't seem like 45 minutes worth of plot. It no. really doesn't. But I think there's something about the fact that it spans so much calendar time within itself. It feel it feels like it is uh, I don't know, airy or yeah, I don't know. Yeah, more montagey. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it's more a collection of scenes and this is more a moment to moment. Yeah. Beat to beat. So you feel the time more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so we talked about some of those plots, you know, like we're going to see like the end of the guild as we know it. We have the sovereign uh, here kind of making his big final move against the investors. Um, we're going to learn a little bit about the nature of the investors before they are taken off the board. Um, we have the revenge society. Uh, kind of self-destructing uh we have jj literally self-destructing <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know yeah. uh dot you know the a new council so mm-hmm. a new a new guild uh for for this a uh, lot of things just taken off the table here yeah uh originally this was just going to be a climax of season five um but they ended up not being able to do this due to like a real long series of i'm gonna just go ahead and make call it kind of boring Um, you know, discussion about what constitutes a special versus what constitutes an episode. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like the book has something like a thousand words about this. Yeah. Who cares? You fucking nerds. Like it it is really weird and, and inside baseball-y. It's, Um, it's real. Like it comes down to like, it's, it almost seems like the, (laughs) they're working with different like definitions so there's a lot of semantic stuff yeah so it's like oh you know we were renewed for two seasons and a special um and okay like what does a special mean contractually versus like should a special take place in continuity uh should a special be its own standalone thing it's kind of an echo of the halloween special uh conversation yeah you know and my my understanding is because of this entire argument of not understanding the definition um Season six is truncated, which is why the first three episodes of seven are the season yes. six finale. Yep. <laughs> they keep doing that. <laughs> like it's this weird, like they're they're on a, a train laying the track out as they go. <laughs> just you know. We we call this the finale overflow. Yeah. yeah. Just, as we keep borrowing as from the next season. They're in deduct. Oh so weird. Having too many ideas is a better problem to have than not having enough ideas true it's oh yeah absolutely their problem and we'll talk about this is that they 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 have those ideas but they also like by this point can't actually collaboratively like settle on making a big move so they end up um putting it off until they have to do something um and when you don't plan stuff like the uh the, the finale overflow ends up happening right yeah like, I mean, yeah, let, let's, uh, I mean, we'll get into it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, in the book and, uh, you know, commentary, everything around this feels very strained and they're real public about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the idea was, uh, the network wanted a standalone special. 
uh, Doc wanted a standalone special and just to like skip forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was basically like, we could just start things and then deal with it later. Jackson really wanted to do this wrap up. He was very married to having a wrap up for season five and doing this guild civil war idea. And that kind of philosophical difference along with individual kind of political bits between them cause the strife. You know, they talk about it in the book. It's very revealing where Jackson's like, yeah, I I think that doc felt like I was just giving him a job, Mm -hmm. you know, and saying, Hey, this is our story as opposed to collaborating on the story. And he resented that. But at the same time, I really wanted to do this story. Yeah. And, and I, uh, you know, the, one of the, the only change that's one of the changes that's happened through me doing the show is like, Oh yeah, like Jackson's right. Like this needed to happen. I would have been frustrated if they just ended up at New York. (laughs) <laughs> from this i wanted this transitional material and i wanted a climax to these things i think jackson is correct in in wanting that yeah Pain because they already pulled that trick <laughs> yeah and it, it's kind of frustrating like yep. it, it's okay but it's a little frustrating you know it, it worked once like you're yeah. allowed yeah. to do it one time but like if you did if they did that if like season four season six season seven all of them just had a jump forward that would have gotten real tiring I mean, it yeah. w- it would have been like late era Archer, where they started doing those coma seasons, right? Where each kind of had their own like different genre, um, uh, you know, and everything is just kind of like real disjointed. It feels like if they had taken, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if they had taken the just jump forward and we'll figure it out later, the very important functions that this episode serves it would not have been able to do them, right? The fact that this very decisively. You know, and you know nothing is final because it's animated. You know, and this takes after comics where anybody can come back. You know, where anything can happen is nothing, and nothing is as it seems. But like, you know, by putting all of these stakes in the ground and laying out this division between you know the old, you know, the status quo, the old status quo, and the new one, um, that took a lot of i think temptations away from them so they could end up doing the cool new stuff if they had just jumped forward they would have gone to new york with all of this other baggage and all of this like weird stuff that they admit doesn't fit still just kind of dangling around this is real decisive that's a tension that the show has and it's really fascinating to get the behind the scenes stuff and listen to the commentary and read the book and see them wrestle with it so there's half of the boys that are like, that shit's for nerds. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what happened to the orb. You, you, you idiots. You thought this was an all powerful object. That's not the show we're doing. You guys are morons. <laughs> like there's half of them that think that and say it. And then there's half of them that are, they want to play fair. Like we set something up, we should knock it down. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm really sympathetic to that part of it. Like I hate the, the, you're pregnant fake out. Yeah. Uh, at the end of season two, I don't like that. I want them, you know, if they just never brought the investors back, that would be maddening. Mm-hmm. You know, like, just like these guys were really important. You fuckers did this. <laughs> you have to, you have to close it up. Yeah. You know, solve your equations at least a little bit. It doesn't have to be perfect. I'm not going to cinema sins you. Yeah. But like, you know, you can't ask me to believe something is important and get me invested and then make fun of me for it. Like, that's dirty pool. Yeah. There, the, you know, uh, the, there is a nuance that, like, the, there's a gradient between nothing matters and I hope someone got fired because they, they played two notes when they struck the same yeah. part of the, yeah, you know, got fired for that blunder. Like, that, like the, the, there is, you know... It, it just matters there there is some stuff that like narratively kind of kind of needs to happen and i think that like you know jackson i think has a very good uh kind of quote about this i'm going to pull this from later in the notes but it makes sense a lot of the stuff that they end up doing in this is getting rid of that old stuff and doing things with finality in order to make the stuff that is left behind to invest it with more weight and recenter it you know, so you see yeah. that happening with, uh, you know, with Rusty getting all of the money and, you know, kind of being at the center of the of the uh, uh, kind of the big change in, uh, in, in scenery. You see that with uh, Dr. Mrs. The Monarch, uh, you know, being set up in a more independent role operating apart from uh, the monarch. You get the monarch actually getting something to do. That is mm-hmm. possible because of changes made in this episode and because of space that was made. And Jackson's quote about this is, you know, we're taking out people who don't play by the rules and rewarding the others with their riches. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's a it's a, it's a really smart move. Yeah, for the show, uh, I do not understand the argument, like Doc's argument for this. Yeah, I, I don't think it holds very much water. No, nope. um, for this, and eventually, like he came around. It mm-hmm. it sounds like he kind of got browbeaten into doing it. It just became late. They yeah. ran out. They ran out of runway, and they had yeah. to pull up. <laughs> like, like we we got to we got to do something. So I'll compromise, you know. And there's a there's another really like telling part of the book where he talks about how like he doesn't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it really seems like as dark as it's been between the boys. Like Doc's like, yeah, I was guessing whether I want to do this anymore. Not just write the Venture Brothers, but write in general. Yeah. Like, do I think this is fun and good? Is this a good use of my time? Is this what I'm here mm-hmm. on Earth for? Yeah. And that's dark. Mm-hmm. You know, like as a thing to, to run into, <laughs> you know, that that's 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 serious. And he ultimately is like, no, no, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, he ultimately decided to. But he had like this crisis of faith around this. Like the drama that's on the screen is nothing compared to the drama between these two men. <laughs> Can you imagine two white guys who don't kind of don't sometimes not get along? <laughs> God. <laughs> the stakes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so um and all of that was uh, coupled with network pressure right yeah um you know so like from the from the struggle like as they were coming up with ideas for like what could the special be um they ended up coming up with a bunch of ideas which became cool stuff later you know this is where they got the idea for the morphic trilogy uh you know they Mm -hmm. put stuff up on the uh on the big slash whiteboard the big whiteboard the big board um, yeah, don't you dare call it a whiteboard. <laughs> they, they 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 put it up there, um, and it eventually paid off. And it would have been cool stuff to you know to, to to see here, right? But they couldn't actually act on it or move any of it forward just because of this of this conflict that they were having about what do we what do we do with the special? We we kind of can't do season six until we address it. Yeah, uh, the 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 kind of the actual work this does. Um, so they, they recognize, um, some problems that we had with season five, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they, they find some things about season five that I like that they consider problems, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, the over-focus on the OSI stuff, you know, they realized that wasn't going anywhere. Um, the investors, uh, seem too serious and too scary for what they did. And then they also revealed 13 new characters with the council. <laughs> and there's like, they're like, we had to come up with personalities for these guys. Like, how do we do this? People, uh, people are going to ask know? us questions about like what they do. They're going to like, how do we address, how do we address a Don hell? <laughs> yeah. What's, what's Don hell's motivation? What's Don hell's origins? <laughs> you know, we can't do that. So they, they have to do those, those kind of send offs, uh, for, for those characters. Um, this is also the episode where they get uh, Stephen Colbert back mm-hmm. as Professor Impossible. I like Bill Hader better. Yep. Put my flag in the sand. I think Bill Hader's funnier at it. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> um, and, and always funnier is uh, Toby Huss comes back as Traster. Uh, yeah. Know, seemed like he got a pretty decisive send send off, but he comes back and ends up serving an incredibly important role. Yeah, uh, he's, he's great in this as well. Yeah. And very funny and. The deleted scenes, the series of deleted scenes in the books that they talk about, uh, I'm really curious when we get to the special features, how much of this stuff got animatic'd. Mm-hmm. But I would have liked uh, if Tracer came back as a Galactus. That's very <laughs> that funny to me. so good. We, but we might still get that. We, yeah. might. we may still get that. I could definitely see that fitting into the finale finale. Final <laughs> shot of the movie. It was just Tracer Galactus, like, taking a big bite out of Earth. I'm hungry. Uh, yeah. Go to adventure. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> I am thirsty. And then jump in the Milky Way. You know? Uh, they, 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 they mentioned that in the, in the commentary, too. So they seem really uh, kind of married to the idea. Also, I love them just referring to him as a Galactus. That's really good. <laughs> joke will never not work on me. Oh uh, God! <laughs> and I'm just gonna take a second to just really appreciate Toby Huss in general. I love him to death. Every time he shows up in anything, I just have a better time. Oh, I was yeah. watching um, some mediocre horror movie pretty recently, and I couldn't even tell you the title. But the the MacGuffin villain was played by Toby Huss. And it was Ooh. just like, oh, I'm happy whenever you're on screen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he's a miracle. Yeah. Like, I've got, miracle man. I've got righteous gemstones on my uh, to watch list. Uh, what is he in that? Oh yeah. Yeah. He plays like the family patriarch in that. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also in that series is the Suzuki Omnicord. 
<laughs> the, uh, the electronic auto harp that I own. And I keep seeing <laughs> screenshots from it that show me the Suzuki Omni chord. I'm like, yeah, oh, this yeah. for me. It features an instrument I like. <laughs> I saw these exact same screenshots, and I was actually looking how much those go for nowadays. <laughs> they've they've gone up. I got mine for like 150 dollars, but they're they're much more expensive now. Probably because of the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I get that. <laughs> just gem, gemstones money. I've been <laughs> investing in Omni chords. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, uh, out of this, you know, we get rich, rusty, we get Dr. Mrs. The Monarch actually being in the guild, kind of rebuilding the guild Mm -hmm. politics and the like, um, there are plots they cut as we, you know, you mentioned before, uh, they were going to bring Molotov back and close that thread. They just didn't. Um, there's going to be, uh, the order of the triad, like their kind of subplot. They appear in this, but it's very cameo. Yeah. Like, um, you know, this is going to be important to them. And then they disappear for season six. Yep. Um, which is, which is a bummer, but they do come back in season seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is good. Um, we are going to get more backstory for the investors. I'm happy that we get their names and just like an illustration of the dynamic between them and Killinger. And that's it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Evil Greek gods. Yes. Named, uh, at, you know. named after the minor wins. Oh, and also legs is there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> legs. <laughs> um, uh, so we, we, we get that, which is great. Uh, there's going to be more guild and OSI stuff uh, and they just skipped it. Yeah. And again, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not all created equal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy that they got rid of, you know, like dragoon and red mantle negotiating for what's going to happen with them i'm glad they got rid of that and kept the monarch in 21 playing 20 questions in the shuttle like that is good and charming to me they have a lot of work to do to sell that relationship to me again after Mm -hmm. operation prom yeah like that that's still one of my most favorite you know my favorite emotional beats of this movie like these are good people and you guys are assholes like that felt really true and well observed Mm -hmm. and i hate that it's gone yep like but they're going to slowly rebuild that relationship and, and, you know, uh, put a bandaid on that big gaping wound. Yes. Um, so how do you feel about getting into it? Let's do, let's do. Um, yeah. Um, we start off with, uh, Henry Killinger talking to the revenge society. Uh, it's confirmed, you know, they have been living in uh, the monarch's old house and this <laughs> is what they've been up to behind the scenes since the last time they appeared. Um, he's been training them. Yeah. Uh, there uh, to do different things. So, so uh, you know, Fat Chance is like, I can't control what comes out. He's like, that's nonsense. Of course, you, you can do that. You must become Fat Choice. <laughs> uh, so he becomes a teleporter of sorts. Yeah. Uh, you know, Professor Encourageable can uh, stretch himself as different people. Things Baron under height, uh, under underbite, throws his jaw, and he's just like, "But what else can you do? Uh, <laughs> nothing." You know, that's another thread that gets, yeah. you know, you realize after talking about it for three, four seasons that they didn't know what to do with underbite, they finally kill him off. <laughs> yeah, uh, and also he could do that before, like he, like he's the only yeah. one who didn't grow. <laughs> no, there's nothing to do with underbite. Yeah, uh, we also get new recruits. Uh, we get zero. Um, and then, God, I'm so glad that they managed to like find a way for Radical Left to stick around. I love Radical. Such a good, <laughs> such a good ad. Yeah, Radical, Radical Left. The, the episode uh, where all the guild people get their final arches <laughs> uh, is real good. Where it's just him and his like his house <laughs> that's split down the middle. It's, it's it's the hard right or whatever the name of his right side is. Right wing. <laughs> right wing, yeah. yeah. Right wing and radical left. Like as a team up. <laughs> this is really good. <laughs> oh man. Uh but there's uh some disagreement about their mm-hmm. debut job. They're gonna break onto the scene uh with a heist. And, you know, elements of the team think that's below them. You know, that's nickel and dime, we're not about money, um, etc. But there is a larger game there being uh be- they're being used, as we will find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, this bickering yeah, there's tons of double crosses oh yeah out of this. triple crosses even they call triple it out cross, yeah <laughs> maybe me a quad cross in there uh they're interrupted uh by the end by the uh, uh post credits of season five of you know monarch 21 and dr mrs uh arriving at the mansion uh in new jersey you know this is the place where the monarch uh grew up but now it is all dilapidated and such yeah. Did I miss a connective tissue here? Because I was trying to remember why they chose. Like, was that just coincidence? Was that just storytelling luck? Like, was that, that they, explained they at all? In, no, they just end up in the monarch's old house. When um, like you, oh, okay, ahead. you can justify it like post, like 
posthumously, like later on, not posthumously. I don't know what word I'm looking for. <laughs> no, he died. Oh, <laughs> the idea died. <laughs> but like this, you know, Blue Morpho, open knowledge, but like none of that's known information now. So it just feels like that's the weirdest piece of storytelling tissue there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, uh, I, I think it's, I think it's neat that like they address like, oh yeah, he grew up in Jersey when the plane crashed, he was in the Pine Barrens. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. As he was raised by the butterflies. I have no idea why Phantom Limb uh, decides to uh, decides to squat here. Yeah. Maybe Phantom Limb knew that, but uh, that was just taking a line of dialogue. Yes. I don't think it was planned. I think they just had them in a, a house. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, squatting, and then they they retroactively did it, mm-hmm. like you said, Gwen. Yeah. Uh, um, we get our credit sequence here. Uh, it is very Star Wars. <laughs> so uh, you, there was, there's a lot of Star Wars DNA in the special in general. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, and that quickly uh, gives way because you know, we got so much to do. This thing needs to propel forward uh, to a commercial for the opening of Gargantua two kind of as this all purpose research station, casino and resort, um, mm-hmm. that, uh, JJ has opened up to the public and the commentary they talk about like, Oh yeah, we, you know, we, we took the series to space. Like we had the space episode before, you know, and we had like magic and we also have the, uh, you know, the weird watcher kind of guy, the galactic inquisitor or whatever. But like, that was at least to them you know kind of a a big a big step in addition to being a production uh nightmare because they had to come up with all kinds of like backgrounds that they would never get to use again because literally the whole set for this blows up yep at the same time they were making the backgrounds for season six yes which were all new so it sounded like a real nightmare yeah um all the outfits and everything everyone's wearing here is star wars the motion picture Mm -hmm. uh based and i love the little uh admissions to mistakes they make when they're talking about production where they're like why did we make all the j-bots different <laughs> like why wouldn't this be standardized why did we make like seven different models of j-bot yeah like, I, I, I would i would not correct you if it wasn't salient um you you misspoke star trek the motion picture is is where is where this stuff comes from you said star wars the motion picture oh, okay yeah they're just, really yeah. similar Star Wars, the motion picture is the one where they go to San Francisco. <laughs> oh, you know what? I will bet you a thousand dollars. That's not the case. Uh, <laughs> I will, I will testify in court that that is not the case. <laughs> um, May I approach the bench? Inside joke. <laughs> May I no approach the that. bench? I salute you. Go ahead. I got a, I, I, I got a text from Chris. I got a text from my brother. Mm-hmm. He was saying, "Oh, you need to watch Mister America on Hulu." I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. you have no idea what you just dipped into." Way ahead of you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he it, just it, he just watched it out of the out of the blue with no context, which I imagine has incredible. to be a baffling experience. Everybody <laughs> I turned on to on cinema, it's such a gift because you'd be like, "Hey." uh, I don't know whether you're busy, but here's a decade worth of amazing <laughs> content for you. Here's the longest joke that's ever been told <laughs> uh, in history for you. And it's amazing. Uh, like, it's so good. Um, that would be a great pod space to occupy if it wasn't already taken. Oh, yeah. Uh, that uh, Justin Gaynor guy mm-hmm. uh, got hired by them and stuff, too. Like, the first yeah. guy who started doing a podcast around on cinema stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. Got brought into the fold. Nice. Could have been us. Oh well, hear that, Doc and Jackson. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! Uh, but yeah, I just uh, the, the, the slightly different aesthetics, and I know people get persnickety. Uh, but uh, that kind of gives way. Uh, this commercial, uh, Rusty is watching this on the seatback uh, screen on the shuttle up to the space station, and he's talking Dean's ear off, you know, about how mm. it's basically just real insecure and, you know, envious of his brother's uh, success. You know, like, oh, Gargantua yeah. 2 is only slightly bigger than the original if it wasn't for that yeah, antenna, antenna tower, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he starts talking about how he's the first boy in space. Uh, and the first American boy, uh, but I was the first to come back alive, which is uh, sad and true. Yep, you know, poor sounding, <laughs> poor you little know. Dimitri. I love how that comes back later. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, god, you know, Hank is sitting with Billy, which is, is fun. We do it's not a matchup we see, mm-hmm. uh, so that's real cute. And he's like, Why are you coming? <laughs> you know, uh, he's you know, I'm a sergeant, I twisted your balls, uh, and then uh. Hank doesn't remember this, of course, because there was a f- previous Hank. He's like, "Oh, you fondled clone Hank," 
Uh, I love Clank, again, Hank rolling with it. And Rose is babying uh, uh, Billy uh, as the action man is trying to get some smooching going yeah. on. Just uh, uh, it's really uh, her, her her doting is uh, is is cramping his style. Uh, I love Colonel Gentleman's distrust of robots. <laughs> He's like, God, do I love Colonel Gentleman? Uh, yeah, it's real. All the stuff with him and the robot, and then the robot saving him at the end is very good. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't uh, I, like seeing like Billy and Billy's mom. Like this is just uh, part of me being a person. I get like good mom stuff on, on TV or shows will make me real sad now. Yeah. Like I'll see like somebody be complain about a doting mother and just be like, man, yeah, you know how you, how good you got it. I would love to have a Rose Whalen. Yeah. You know, uh, he, he, like, uh, here, here, here's me. My mom is still alive. Um, and well, no, I, do <laughs> I was going to say, if I, if I, if I just, if I, if I just stopped there, <laughs> There's me. Be <laughs> me, a genius. I'm still alive. No. <laughs> yeah, the, the Chad, the Chad mom haver versus the virgin orphan. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, I thought about stopping the sentence right there. No, I just, I, I like, you, you know, you have more re- more reason than I do to get missed enough about that. If I see a video of an animal being a good mom, I get oh, misty. Well, yes. Oh God. Yeah. That I, I will cue, like I could cue that up and go into the fucking joy can with just like good moms. <laughs> yeah. Like good, good mom cats. Uh huh. Gently placing kittens where they're supposed to go. Me's and plossing them. <laughs> good God. Like, that is the sweetest shit that's ever been yeah i'll just i'll just be laying in bed going through facebook reels or whatever just sobbing yeah. <laughs> she's trying so hard uh, she cares so much yeah. uh so in in short billy needs to appreciate rose whalen yeah well he's got her you know yeah she's not gonna be around forever man yeah um we also got over to some other people showing up, Brock and Amber Gold. Uh, so all you Amber Gold hounds, uh, you're going to get, you know, that character gets nothing to do in this episode as well. Yep. Uh, in another that ship. does mean Snoopy is coming. Snoopy is coming and headshot. <laughs> all all the OSI losers are getting, uh, getting some time. That Those fucking characters. Uh, they're following on in a shuttle. Uh, Brock being like, you know, we're here in secret uh, because JJ is a problem child. Yeah. Uh, you know, he doesn't he doesn't play the game. He refused OSI protection, but he's still making stuff that cannot get in the hands yeah. of, uh, of people. Uh, that's really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I think that's a cool idea. Yeah. Just because you don't believe in the boogeyman doesn't mean he doesn't exist. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, kind of the impetus for this is not just like generally like, yeah, he's a problem, but they ran uh, the books on some of his invest in, uh, some of his investors and found the investors. Some of least. them are investors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and just, you know, it just he, he believes that JJ is naive and doesn't know how to look out for threats. Right. Yeah. Which is, which seems fair. Yeah. You know, and as we'll find out, JJ has more on his mind. Yes. Right now. Uh, cut over to the monarch. Uh, he's real grossed out by the mansion. You know, it, it's been uh, devastated. 21 says it's squatters, you know. Uh, he'll go check upstairs for them, and he walks up two steps, and there's no <laughs> no way to get upstairs uh, there. Yeah. Uh, we confirm that uh, Kevin and Tim Tom are dead <laughs> here. Uh, Dr. and Mrs. the Monarch says, you know, we're going to make this into a real home. I only wish the Moppets, Moppets could see it. And the Monarch and 21 are real cagey about it, <laughs> implying that they both killed the Moppets. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, they they know what happened. I think that maybe this is uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Gwen, I believe that they are implying that she thinks that they just died in the crash along with the, all the other henchmen. That is, I think, is exactly what it is as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She she does not know. Uh, again, rare for there to be that kind of death where you don't show it. Yep. You know, uh, I really hope they do not take that opportunity to bring back henchmen. Just riding on Galactus, for... riding on Galactus Tracer's shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like just every, all your old friends there back. They're having a party. <laughs> all the dead characters show up on a ship. Um, Dr. Mrs. The Monarch has to go because she gets a call from the Sovereign. Uh, 
and gets put in a car. And this is a nice little misdirect because we think that she's going to die mm-hmm. uh, here because we're, this is where we're getting our montage of the other members uh, getting called uh, for a council thing and dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steppenwolf uh, gets into his Dragula, uh, <laughs> get, getting out of Chairman Mouse, and uh, his car explodes. Uh, Don Hell uh, takes a call, you know, uh, getting ready to, to take off and take his meeting and then drinks a glass of acid. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. That's super grisly. Like we just, we, we, I yeah. mean, the, there are a bunch of grisly deaths. It's super over animated the way that he just kind of just sloughs apart, you know, yeah, his, his face strips down. Yeah. There's the, a lot of loving detail uh, put into that. Uh, while Fops get, <laughs> while Fop gets ripped apart by dogs because, yep. Because someone put Cappy in his uh in his cologne. In his perfume. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, that's how that works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh you know, little nice little double meeting meeting. He said he doesn't want to be late because the sovereign could be a real queen bitch. Uh, of course, boy song. Yep. Uh Dermot finds the nerve just in a dumpster. So there's no no story there. Yeah. The guy who ne- like never got a line or anything, just thrown into a dumpster. <laughs> I, I mean, the nerve is upsetting enough to see alive and walking around. It'd be pretty startling yeah. just to see uh, just to see him dead in a dumpster. The nerve looks like a mutagen man from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, oh. uh, who is a, a real badass hmm. toy. That kind of looks like the nerve. Nice. Yeah. Um, I think I remember having that one. Uh, oh, I, yeah. The, the the surface of it got kind of like scratched or cloudy, so it was difficult yes. to see inside of it. But that only made it better. It was like it looked like it was full of formaldehyde and like <laughs> you know, it was all, all stuff full of Fiji mermaids or something. <laughs> like oh. like you went to the bad Ponderosa. <laughs> um, Hunter and the rest of the OSI are kind of watching all of their targets blink out. You know, one by one. This is not supposed to happen. You think somebody took a shot that they weren't supposed to? He shouts, "Damn it! What in the Sam Harris is going on here?" Instead of Sam mm-hmm. uh, Sam Hill. Uh, which mm-hmm. I, I agree with you using Sam Harris's name as a curse. Um, <laughs> but he, uh, uh, he concludes that, Oh, the sovereign must know that we've, that we've made them right. And we're on the trail. He's burning all of the known council members so he can get away scot-free. They're the only people who can point out where he's at. Yeah. Uh, and the only three that remain are Vendetta, Dr. Z and red mantle dragon. Yes. Uh, missing or gave their, the tails the slip, uh, and they need to protect them so they can give away the sovereign. You know, so they can they can uh, give them intel. Yeah. Um, cut over uh, to the front desk where they're checking in. Uh, they don't have Rusty's name uh, there, <laughs> which I, I we never get like closure on this. This is a real dickhead yeah. thing for JJ to do. Yeah. You know, uh, he, he, he does. Uh, he does have Scamp on there. Um, it it kind of seems. Uh, I don't know. It, it 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 seems actually malicious on uh, on JJ's part, as opposed to like when he, a. Well, and JJ said it is weakest. Like he wants to reconnect. Yeah, you know it, this is a weird moment. Like I again, I'm I'm nitpicking, I guess, because it's just for a joke. Yeah. And so they can do that Parva joke, but it does feel really out of character. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, but there's no reservation. Uh, but they've got one for Scamp and a Parva cubiculum. Uh, and Rusty thinks that that, uh, that that is super important because it's in it's in Latin, and of course JJ would do that. He'd named the racial Palamon. Um, yeah. uh, you yeah. are Palamon, um, but um, uh, it just means small room. That's what it means. Yeah, uh, that noise just for funny Easter egg for people listening. Mm. Did that come through on the mic? What did Pocket do? No, no, I I have a mail slot at this apartment so at a random time during the day the mailman just throws a bunch of garbage into my house (laughs) it's like a built-in jump scare (laughs) i really hate it it's like really frustrating um yeah nobody nobody put any anthraxes in there or anything yeah or just you know just hook hook up some kind of hose with poison gas to it bees (laughs) poison bees Poison bees. <laughs> bees. Um, the uh, so yeah, so it's it's a uh, you know, and and if you know what this means, it means the little room. It was the room for the dog. Yeah. You know? uh, Billy doesn't have a reservation either. Uh, so Rose is like, you can stay with us. Action man says over my dead body. You know, <laughs> uh, Colonel Gentleman. I love him abusing the robot. Uh, just adding bag upon bag as this poor robot <laughs> struggles. 
to, uh, to hold up the bags. Oh, God. What do you mean you don't have a sauna? Oh, each room comes with a shower? Oh, I don't want to yeah. get clean. I want to get filthy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, like, Colonel Gentleman wants to go, you know, have some anonymous sex. Yeah. Uh, you know, not a, not a shower. Um, Hank does a bar town thing. He's riding another robot. Mm-hmm. And uh, is in, in like shade echoes of first season, you know, uh, Gunga Din, mm-hmm. uh, making Dean say who runs Barter Town, <laughs> uh, which is very funny. <laughs> uh, Embargo lifted. That's very good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it literally what happens in uh, in Thunderdome. Embargo mm-hmm. lifted. Like, <laughs> it's, it's all sad. Uh, Brock and Amber show up disguised as a civilian counterparts, like a, a Texan. And then the, like the backstory lore here is the, uh, the wife is the head of the cheerleading squad for the football team he owns. Yeah. The, the Texas Lone Star, as they call them. He took them, uh, he took them hostage and stole their ship so that they, they could have yeah. an, an, an identity to assume while they were on board and not draw suspicion to themselves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, he's eating pistachios. He's using them to plant spy cameras. Yeah, around yeah. Uh, for the OSI. Yeah, um, <laughs> Rusty. I like this joke because this the, this is subtle before they uh, underline it, which is nice. You think that Rusty and Hatcher are just talking past each other, which they would do. Well, no, um, they're talking to each other on the video watch. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they like they're, they're talking over each other because it's going through fucking space. So there's like a second or two of lag. So yeah. hatred is saying like, hey, the power is out and it's been out for a while. All the food is going bad. Uh, and and again, Rusty Insecure is saying, oh, this place is just like Howard Johnson's. It's all show. I love that weird dig towards Howard Johnson's in underwear. <laughs> like, does that, I don't know Howard Johnson's. Does that make sense it's, or is that just Rusty being petty? I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, it's him being petty but also like howard johnson's uh, is not considered to be a very nice hotel you know it's it's okay. it's not like okay. a red roof inn you know or a or a super eight but like it's a it's like a chain of chain of hotels that has like a restaurant attached to it so it'd be like what if there was a holiday inn connected to a sizzler Ooh, <laughs> yeah, do you like there there's there's a there was a big marketing push in the big heyday of the mad men marketing stuff for howard johnson so it, it kind of came solidified as americana you just know. you know in box yeah gotcha gotcha, yeah. gotcha. and uh people call them hojos which is a fun euphemism that i use for hand job oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> hand job you know i am hand job yeah I've only seen active Howard Johnson's in Florida. Mm. If that <laughs> explains anything about it. Active is doing so much work in that gross thing you just said. <laughs> We've got active Howard Johnson's on the field. I repeat. <laughs> They're on the move. I remember when I get an active Howard Johnson and now it takes a long, long run up. Um, <laughs> Uh, JJ interrupts this by uh, doing a commercial for the space station on a view screen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he looks like JJ, like becomes important later. Mm-hmm. Um, something I love that is not funny. It's just great is when they're in the council and mommy long legs is losing her mind, <laughs> uh, talking with the, the communal language of the colony. <laughs> Uh, we did not get enough mommy long legs in this series. They introduce this amazing detail and then they immediately kill her off. Like, yeah. don't don't sell me on mommy long legs so hard and then just have her get shot. It's it's such a cool idea. Like, I love the, the 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 infinite mother of all spiders. So my uh, read, based off the information I have been given today, that they started planning out backstories for all thirteen members of the guild, realized they had solid ideas for like four of them. Half ideas for another like three, mm-hmm. and then just couldn't think of anything for the rest. I think that's probably right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that sounds like what was the nerve going to be? You know, <laughs> what kind of you make, the moment you make him talk, the you just open so many doors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What kind of stories can you tell with or about the nerve? Right. 
the, the other the other part of it, and this could be post hoc rationalization in the book or just an explanation of what what happened with this move, is that you know they got rid of these characters who were literally just cutouts before. Um, in order to, if we're going to have a council, like we should, we should probably, like, it would be neat if it was important characters that people know, you know? Yeah. They say that, they say that in the book, yeah. like explicitly, they're like, th- th- this should have been people who we already cared about. Yes. Rather than doing the work of making people care. Yeah. Um, but I care about mommy long legs, especially her yeah. just, uh, again, ranting in this apocalyptic poetry about all of the pain, uh, that is, uh, that she's experiencing, like, you know, like a disturbance in the force. She doesn't say that, although it wouldn't be out of character. Uh, and the only other person there is Phineas Fage and he can't stand it. He's really annoyed. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I imagine guild strangers are killing all of her spiders. Oh, Ooh, huh. Like, maybe that's what's happening. Yeah, trying to get at her. Um, that makes sense. Uh, Monsignor signs in. Uh, he was doing a confession. Uh, Dr. Mrs. the Monarch is there. Uh, and then the Sovereign joins them. Uh, there's just four of them. And basically says, you know, I invite you to my finest hour. You can join me as we destroy Gargantua too. All of our enemies inside. You know? And uh, this is obviously not going to fly with Dr. Mrs. the Monarch. No. Uh, you know, this, this is against the rules. Looking back... With later story revelations, this feels undersold. Like it, it would be a much bigger deal that the sovereign, or it should be a much bigger deal that the sovereign is proposing that they destroy Gargantua too. After what happened, uh, uh you know, uh, Sharky's night? night, yeah, yeah. at movie night, <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a, it's a, it is a big, you know. I think that that's that's also some post hoc stuff. Yeah, like in the context of this, it is the the sovereign going off. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like later, they just wanted to be like, no, 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 no. That's a real big deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, like nobody wants to go along with them. And he like just uh, he eventually gives them an ultimatum. Um, uh, we see kind of the other side of this. We see Killinger uh, kind of showing the Revenge Society their new headquarters, which will ultimately be the new Guild Council headquarters. Uh, it is Meteor Majeure, Force Majeure's old hideout. Yeah, uh, this is, they don't reference this in the book. Uh, this is very clearly uh, a reference to Magneto's asteroid M. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I was very surprised they didn't. Uh, uh, Meteor Majeure and asteroid M are very similar. Yeah, uh, there's um, also, um, uh, like, they spend more time talking about the bathroom looking like the cover from station to station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got the, uh, <laughs> the weird foam uh, there. A very striking cover. Yeah. Uh, Professor Encourageable has been here before uh, <laughs> because Force Major once took the Boys Brigade hostage. Yep. Uh, there. And he's like, that makes us the first boys in space, except for that Russian kid. Uh, very funny. <laughs> very good joke. Poor Dimitri. Yep. Oh, gosh. Um, and Killinger points out why they're here. This isn't just their new base, but they can see Gargantua too. You know, like, yes, that is going to be our target. You know, so this isn't yeah. this isn't just a heist. You know, this is you know, going to be a planetary statement if we manage to pull it off, like that kind of thing. Uh, number one and, or uh, Henchman. Z- zero. Henchman zero. Yes. And uh, and Phantom Limb start talking about the name of the base and it not being accurate because of meteors, satellite, satellites, asteroids and stuff. Uh, I am so glad Zero dies. <laughs> what a wretched <laughs> character. How annoying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, this sucks. Don't be this person. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you got a crew, don't do it. <laughs> I promise no one likes you if you do that shit. Um, uh, uh, back on the surface, uh, back on Earth, the monarch is kind of twiddling his thumbs. He doesn't really have anything to do in this dump of a house. Uh, he's watching a news package on a, you know, about the space station um, uh, and uh, is trying to <laughs> 21 is giving directions <laughs> to somebody on the phone. I uh, love this, this joke. joke so- <laughs> slays me. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not. So this is <laughs> this is a very funny joke. It is sus. Yeah, that two uh, white nerds are making it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But it's also a joke I've heard Killer Mike make. Uh huh. <laughs> so I feel like it's, it's kind of fair game. I, I I heard it on the Boondocks for the first time, which of course yeah. is a license for me to say anything that was said on the Boondocks. Yeah, um, anything that's said on the Boondocks is okay. Yeah. Uh, just but <laughs> but yeah, he says it's the big brick house on the corner of Malcolm X Boulevard and Huey P. Newton Drive. <laughs> that's that's very funny. <laughs> 
which for anybody who doesn't live in America or doesn't have context for that, uh, oftentimes the names of civil rights leaders are given to uh, streets uh, almost contemptuously uh, by city councils and stuff to uh, uh, areas of the town where they don't want to put a lot of money uh, in investment. Yeah. 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 And it's also uh, them not making it like the classic example of that is MLK, yes. you know, like Martin Luther King Boulevard. A lot of major cities have that and it tends to be in, in lower income neighborhoods, mm-hmm. uh, not for race science reasons, because of city planning racism. Yep. So, uh, but them taking it to the extreme and having to be Malcolm X and Huey P. Newton, who is the Black Panthers fella. Yep. <laughs> Uh, that is very funny. Uh, yeah. Oh. So if that's big, big laugh out of me, I, yeah, I forgot about this joke until I rewatched it. It's it, it's it, it is it is maybe not playing with fire. It's playing with some very hot stuff around some fuel. Uh, but yeah. uh, I also I, I I also laughed at it. Um, so I apologize if that is uh, if that is wrong. No, uh, they can't get anyone to deliver food to them, and they're starving. Uh, they're like, Hey, you check the fridge. And they're like, no, the, no one's going to magically fill the fridge. But when then they open the fridge, it is full of food. Uh, and they're going to dig in. Uh, but the monarch notices this specific bread cutting knife, little callback to phantom limb. And he recognizes, uh, fancy bread means phantom limb. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. So he, he thinks that like, Oh my gosh, like, is he specifically trying to fuck with me? Um, and then realizes, okay, well, no, he's not fucking with me. There are blueprints for Gargantua 2 just sitting out on the table that he didn't notice before. Um, yeah. So he's got to uh, got to beat him. And the first step is 21, fetching him a New Jersey transit schedule. Yeah, they're going to take the bus. Is some of the stuff in season six and seven that works for me is the monarch just being poor as shit. Yep. <laughs> uh, I love him having to like just try to get around. That's very, that's very good. Uh, this is also very sad to me. Uh, whenever Rusty's a real shit, when people are shitty to Billy, yeah, and bad friend to Billy, it makes me sad. Yeah, uh, Billy wants to stay with him, and he's just like, "Oh, I'm gonna sleep in the dresser. I give killer back rubs." <laughs> you know, he really wants to be there. He's just, uh, he's just trying to make the sale. I just like, oh, please, please, let me be around. <laughs> let me have a place to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, just like, Hey, you can't be here. Uh, Billy points out like, why are you surprised? Parver carbiculum, cubiculum is Latin for small room, you know, just need, yeah. you know, and, and for, he's like, I knew that. Yeah. I know Latin. <laughs> and, uh, again, feeling insecure, he goes to kick, uh, Billy out of his room, uh, which is immediately, uh, met with a robot bellhop coming to take, uh, the good doctor to the Thaluman Maximus. Uh, but it, the good doctor is not rusty. It is, it, it is Billy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, again, weirdly out of character for JJ. Yeah. To to do this. Uh, Rusty's upset about this. He's like, you're not a doctor. You know, you don't have a real degree. And he's like, oh, we had to, you know, our graduation, my graduation party in your garage. <laughs> you know, uh, like I'm going to the, uh, the, the Thaluman Maximus, which means important room. Of course, you know that because you know Latin, uh, you know, just, <laughs> just stay rattling. There. Yeah, so 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 uh, Billy leaves, and uh, I like his little uh, parting shot at Rusty. You know, says, "You know, see you later, Doctor Honorary Degree." Yeah, he's being a dick. Yeah, like Doctor, you know, Rusty's being a dick. He deserves it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brock is confirmed, uh, fucking Amber Gold. So all you Amber Hounds out there, some <laughs> some more character development. Um, it's real cute though. He's they're laying in bed post coitally, and he's watching uh, the video for Jacket. On his J-pad. Yep. Uh, he's very proud. Uh, I, I, it's sweet. I, I like how, um, uh, was it in the book or it might have been the commentary? No, it definitely was the commentary because they did a fun Dermot voice uh, where they were talking about like the, the you know, an initial idea was for uh, the jackets from the uh, from the jacket video. Like they just got a bunch of them and stored them in the uh, in, in the hangar um, that that would have like made the fire worse. Like you know, it was the oh. idea. Like we can't, we can't put the fire out. All these jackets are here. They keep on recatching. <laughs> it's all of this uh, polyester. And, yeah, and stuff. <laughs> it's like they were doing Dermot voices. Like uh, you got to soak them with oil so they shine more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, you know, Amber notices that he's he's being uh, sweet, and he's like, "Ah, oh, it's just a job," you know. And yeah. he's obviously lying. This is. Them trying to tee Brock up for becoming the bodyguard again. Yeah. For the, for the reset, like it, it reincorporating him into the family. Mm-hmm. You know, 
but Amber hears somebody spying on them out in the hall. Uh, this was originally where they're going to have Molotov as well, where she hears somebody in the hall, but then Molotov was watching from a vent mm-hmm. uh, in the original draft or what have you. Yeah. In this one, it's Hank. Again, I, I love super competent Hank. He made them, even though yeah. they were in disguise. It's like, all right, I know you're doing spy stuff, so here we go. You know, I just... Uh, he, yeah, it, it, I love it. It's Hank. He hears the song he wanted to do with adoring fans. And they love him jumping on the bed in front of naked Amber and be like, hi, I'm Henry J. Venture. You know? <laughs> and, just, and who is this enchanting <laughs> lady? Who is this enchanting lady? Like, just alter, alter, ultra confident. Uh, yeah, Hank. Very he's good. A, he's a good boy. Very competent. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh brock nearly uh ne- ne- nearly slits his throat when he walks in uh but yeah he he wants that on this brock says hey you need to forget that you saw us you know there's a, you don't get mixed up with me i'm a loner hank or rebel yeah yep, yep. uh of course he will not do this nope uh we cut back over to uh the council and dr and mrs the monarch is saying like we can't attack gar- gargantua like that uh there are so many treaties that violates this attack is super illegal and the sovereign basically lays out his hand. He says, uh, you know, you either do that, you either join me on this mission, you know, or you can die like the rest of the council, uh, you know, and th- that's really interesting with his plan that he would, would have been willing to share. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. Yeah. That. Well, he, he also could have used them and then killed them anyway. <laughs> like That's true. Yeah. You, you know, he even says that, like, you know, toward the end, when, you know, when uh, kind of in his final scene, it's like, oh, you know, the evil organization leader went back on a deal. Ooh. Yeah. You know. <laughs> the super good performance. Uh, I love the uh, deleted scene they were going to say when they caught the real Bowie. Uh, they were like, yeah, we caught him. Uh, <laughs> very, uh, very cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Phage quits at this point. He's talking about the sovereign mixing metaphors and stuff. It's that pedant humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, the sovereign's like, well, you all quit, you know, basically and floods all their chambers with gas, uh, killing them, trying to wipe out the rest of the council. Yeah. Uh, but in comes the heroes watch and ward. Uh, yeah. Watch and ward. Big, uh, good episode for them. Uh-huh. I, I think. Yeah. They, 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 they cut in over the screen, uh, to Dr. And Mrs. The Monarch and say, Hey, you need to breathe through your clothing. Um, you know, I'm going to get you out of there. Uh, they also ogle her, ogle her, ogle her breasts. Uh, just because sure. they're creeps who watch everybody through screens for, for some, you know, I, I, I never make fun of somebody for being a mush, mush mouth because I do it as well. You did just say ogre her breast three times. <laughs> like you're summoning something. Ogre, ogre, ogre her breast. <laughs> ogre her breast, ogre her breast, ogre her breast. <laughs> Ooh, Hulk ready to smash. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, but they welcome her uh, to the guild resistance. You know, yep. it's a it's a mutiny. It's a mutiny against the sovereign. It would be it would be cool if there was a little bit more of this set up, but I am still all in for it. This inner guild intrigue is very cool. Yeah. Uh, and that is where we're going to call it for this episode for this first half. Uh, there was so much uh, just kind of generally to say about this and its place in the series that this was very front loaded. Uh, but we still have a lot of plot to get through, and that will be in the second half mm-hmm. of this. Thank you for uh, hopping on, Gwen. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Anytime. Yeah. Hopefully I'm yeah. back for part two. Yeah, we're, uh, we, you're, we'd love to have you as long as we can get the schedule working out yeah. uh, to work out. That'd be great. Do you we'd have any have do you have any thoughts on like the the the, the, the generalities or like the uh, the, um, the track that was laid so far here in the first part of the episode? R.I.P. the original council. They really could have done so much more with that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I also understand realizing that you introduced an element that you just can't truck with. Yeah. It's it's a real uh, casualty of 13 being a cool number. <laughs> <laughs> if it were the council of five, they would have been fine. Yes. You know? <laughs> uh, uh, do you have anything to plug, Gwen? Um, You know, my band's putting out a new EP really soon. It's not out yet but you know google my band's name trash sound conglomerate and uh we got four new tracks of uh rip roaring punk rock for the masses fantastic is that on uh Check it out. is that on Bandcamp, or uh are you distributing it on your own we're doing distro kid so if you got apple music spotify Bandcamp, i think it technically goes up on title too so uh get a title subscription <laughs> uh i think that pays me the most cool oh Oh, you're sharing a platform with Joe Rogan. I see. <laughs> we're, we're, we're on we're on Spotify as well. Right. I, we're we're probably gonna get off of it, but it's just yeah, yeah. It's just funny. it's just not a conversation it's, that we had. 
it's yeah. one of those things if if the, if the tide starts to turn we probably will too like politically obviously we hate it but like at the same time how do people listen to music you know yeah, there's no ethical consumption i mean i when i said we i, I didn't even necessarily mean duck i meant modridge but like <laughs> well. like it's, it all sucks. sorry i was immediately uh, thinking of you of, of will's bit of uh if they keep if they don't keep joe rogan you're gonna yeah, take yeah. guffy off the uh that the, that was him stealing uh my joke which was <laughs> which was yeah if, if uh if they don't get rid of Joni mitchell and neil young we're leaving there we go yeah that, that's the joke i can't i can't be around for this guppy stuff so yes <laughs> it, was a, it was a funny joke that will shat on um just to spoil like a yeah. The feast in Maniac Mansion. <laughs> so I'll also just plug everything to Guppy, uh, the <laughs> most underrated show on the Duck Feed network. It's pretty rated. Uh, so it's five pretty stars. rated. <laughs> if, if you, oh, yeah, do, they do have a five star average review. So that well, is it's a pretty five star policy. If you, we don't read your review if it's less than that, and we don't care what you say as long as it's five stars. It's fucking right. In a, in you a can way. be mean as mean as much as you want, but I, then actually, I'm happy to extend that to the entire network. Like, yeah. if you're going to review us, five fucking stars, please. Come on, none of this two star um, madness. Come on. Yeah, uh, we appreciate you listening to this. We will be back in a week. Uh, ratings, reviews, Patreon.com/slash/DuckFeedTV. Mm-hmm. And until next time, go, go team adventure. adventure.